0: Welcome to the Filter Free Friday Podcast. My name is Brittany Williams, and I am here to remind you that the distance between the life that you want to live and the life that you're currently living isn't nearly as big as you think. I hope you are doing well on this Friday. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. It means the world to me. Um, Today is kind of like a part two from last week's episode. Uh, Last week, I discussed my 12-year career at Under Armour in wholesale sales, transitioning into a full-time career in fitness and I think a lot of commentary and a lot of dialogue came out of that um, from you guys around imposter syndrome and about as you transition from one career to the next it's really easy to feel like you aren't good enough that you don't belong or that you don't have the expertise and so I really wanted to kind of go circle back and kind of use that same storyline, but really get into the nitty gritty of how I have certainly dealt with imposter syndrome over the years, uh, and honestly still do. I honestly don't think that imposter syndrome is something that just suddenly goes away, but I do think there are things you can do to help it from festering, to help it from taking over your self-belief, and stop it from Um, making you doubt yourself, have anxiety, and I think hopefully help all of us stop being such perfectionists and beating ourselves up when we don't feel um, perfect because we rarely are as humans. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that I can say about imposter syndrome um, that I've learned over the years is kind of a cliche saying that you see a lot like on the internet, especially in the fitness industry when people are comparing their bodies to these men and women who've been training for decades um or even comparing themselves to men and women who take steroids and who starve themselves and have these extreme lifestyles to look at the way that they do and you know comparison is certainly the the thief of joy comparison is the thief of joy comparison is the thief of joy yeah uh uh-huh that's it (laughs) took me a second but we got there um but i think that comparing in in the the Sentiment that I wanted to share is is don't compare your day one to someone else's day, you know, 6,524. I think it's really easy when you're starting any journey to, of course, have icons and role models and mentors that you look up to. But looking up to someone doesn't mean you need to be that person or have their skill set anytime soon. And I think that's something, especially as you start a new job or as you start a new career, you look at who's doing well in your industry. And of course, you want everything that they do, but then you just start feeling bad about yourself because you can't do it exactly how they do. And I think that we have to remember that everybody had a day one and your self-expectation needs to be aligned with where you are in your journey. And I think that it's really easy to take what those people do every day and duplicate it, right? Go through the same motions as they do. I think getting better at anything is much like fitness. You have to just put the reps in. I wish there was some fast track way to success, but there's not. You have to do those things that what are the things that that person does that is that makes them successful? Do it every day. Do it every single day. And it's not gonna be as good as them, but you will learn so much and get so much better faster if you put the reps in. And I think that when I look back at my own journey, one of the biggest moments I had of of imposter syndrome was when I very first joined SWEAT, because as you've heard me say, I was, In my own words, a nobody, a very much a local fitness trainer uh, with a very specific targeted um, audience. And I had never really done a lot of like, hey, can you film this video for us? Because we're sending it off to Shape Magazine. We're sending this to Cosmopolitan, to Glamour, to Women's Health. Like, I have never had to take my iPhone and a tripod that I just bought yesterday on Amazon and like try to have a presence like I like if you've ever tried I think to um for the first time had to had to film something in front of a lot of people like it is painstakingly difficult because even though you can take like the beauty is you can take a thousand takes but the it's a double-edged sword because you can also take a thousand takes which takes a lot of time and it's just i remember some of those very first things that we did like i remember my first sweat challenge uh which is always at the beginning of the year I had been with sweat for just a few months and we have to film all these videos and all these different things for marketing. And I just remember seeing all the other sweat trainers who are using professional cameras, or they have teams of people who are helping them or even if it's not just teams, they have a photographer and here I am feeling like I'm the little girl next door. Who's got my iPhone trying to rub two sticks together (laughs) to make a fire. And like, I really got down on myself because here I was comparing myself to the Kayla's and the Kelsey's of the sweat app who have been doing this for years. And I was on my day one, you know, expecting myself to be as polished and as probably fast at doing things. I think I certainly understand the end result probably is all the same. But like I knew that it probably didn't take them as long to get the end result as maybe it took me and some of those early kind of um, deliverables that we had to give, that I had to give sweat. But I think what I realized is I looked at the people in my industry not just sweat trainers, but other people as well. Like, what do those people do daily that I really, really appreciate and love? And what are things that, like, what do they do daily that makes them good at those things? And then just do that. Just do it. It it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start talking more on your stories to get more comfortable and again my my job is very social media heavy so that's where a lot of these references go but like you know get comfortable talking in front of a camera um invest in yourself so maybe i need to get a camera maybe i need to get a microphone maybe i need to get a tripod right like do the daily habits and i really truly believe like fitness, you gotta get the reps in. And I remember when I very first started writing my own workouts, I think anyone who has the kind of job where you have to start with a blank sheet of paper. So whether you are a writer, maybe you're an artist and you have to paint, um, it, it can be anything. You could be in finance and I have to start with a blank you know, sheet in Excel the dauntingness of having to create and having to start from nothing and to build something off of a blank sheet of paper is so daunting when you don't know what direction to go in and it's so easy to feel like an imposter because you expect to just open that blank sheet of paper and for me I just expected to have that workout just to flow out of my brain seamlessly and that's not how it works. I doubt that's even how it works for someone who has been training for 10, 20 plus years. Still to this day, I have a uh, notebook where I do scratch workouts. And just when I've got some free time or I'm bored, I start putting little workouts together because or little sequences or combinations. I'll try them out myself, or maybe I'll never try them out at all. But I just know that I'm going to get better at creating workouts the more I do it. Give yourself the opportunity to get reps in, especially when it doesn't count for anything, right? So like, I can, certainly, the the. The most improvement I'm going to have as a fitness trainer is to train more people. Because the more people I train, the more demographics, the more injuries that I see with that people have that I have to deal with, the more body types, the more personality types that I work with, the better I'm going to be to be able to adapt my skill set to a different clientele base. But like, it's also okay for me to practice that when it, when like no one's watching. And I think that that's one thing for me that really helps with imposter syndrome Because when it's game time, you know you've practiced like you and I'm not saying you need to go and you need to practice your job on off hours when it doesn't count when no one's watching like that can get a little excessive, but take the opportunities when it doesn't matter to get the reps in and to ask for feedback and to find a mentor in your job. Just how can you spend more time working on getting better? because I think one of the things that's really important, and I hear, you know, you hear fake it until you make it, I, and I like that, I like the sentiment, but I think sometimes there needs to be this second level of, like, but own the shit that you don't know, fake it till you make it, but own it, like, own the fact that you're faking it until you make it, it's, you have to realize that authenticity will get you so much further and being upfront and true with who you are that not being afraid to stand up and say hey this is my day one can you not compare me to someone else's year 6524 like you have to own where you are in your journey and recognize that we have all been there and there's no shame around that I remember when I, in my very last um, role that I had at Under Armour, I sold the entire product line. And so what that looks like, if you don't know Under Armour, Under Armour is one of the largest uh, athletic brands in the world. And the sheer number of products they sold was far vaster than what my knowledge could be. I came to Under Armour as a runner. My knowledge was in running footwear and like, Goo. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? If you need like <laughs> running, you know, do you need to know about where reflectivity needs to be on products, where you need to build a better zipper, and then you need to know something about running shoes? I was your girl. But you asked me something about football cleats. Um, that's American football. Also, global football. Soccer, also, uh, sidebar, I just found out that you guys in Australia call soccer, soccer, and that makes me happy. I'm not saying those of you who call soccer football are wrong. I'm just saying it makes me happy that the United States isn't alone on the soccer front. I didn't realize that. I thought the United States was the only country. And maybe like Canada, I don't know. Anyways, I told my husband that and he's like, duh, because they have football there too. And I just wanted, you know, my eyes rolled into the back of my head because like, you know, I didn't think of it that way. Anyways, we digress. So I was selling the entire product line. And here I was, a runner, having to sell... Infant shoes? I've never had a child. I've never had to even put. I've never even had to put shoes on an infant. At what age does a child even wear shoes? I don't know. But I'm gonna have to sit here and sell a buyer who specializes in infant shoes and knows the entire industry like the back of his or her hand. I'm gonna have to walk into that office and pretend like I know what the hell I'm talking about with children's footwear. Absolutely not baseball cleats your girl couldn't tell you a thing about baseball that's not true i've watched plenty of baseballs baseball games in my life but like i don't necessarily know what's needed in baseball cleats or golf cleats or american football cleats hunting oh my gosh that was a big one for me having to learn how to sell like high technical hunt jackets understanding the like and some of you again in the united you're i'm in the united states where well, we hunt animal here i'm sorry get over it don't cancel me for it but some of you sometimes I talk about hunt footwear to people outside the United you know, States or not hunt footwear, hunt apparel outside the United States, and people are like, what what are you talking about? <laughs> camouflage. I'm talking about camouflage. <laughs> but there's so many products that I had never used at all, had never even thought about how what goes into men's underwear. I don't know, but men's underwear is one of Under Armour's best-selling products. So you know what your girl had to do? She had to become an expert on men's underwear. And I couldn't just say, oh, my husband says these are great. Because I just, I don't know, when you're selling millions of units of something, you can't just rely on your husband. Just, especially knowing my husband gets all of his underwear for free from samples from Under Armour, because he also works at Under Armour. (laughs) Like, you definitely can't trust him. So I had to walk into these rooms in front of some of the biggest buyers in the country. I mean, I've worked for some, worked with, not for, worked with some major retailers and across multiple industries and have to sit there and act like I know what the landscape is in men's underwear, who the big brands are, what the trends are in seam and gussets and like the flap that, you know, whether you, there's a fly or not a fly, the working fly, the, the, the details around men's underwear. I don't think you understand how intricate this business is. I actually think it's more intricate than women's underwear. Yeah, I said it. I said it not more intricate than sports bras, don't get me started. But men's underwear, there's a lot more science that goes into it than you think. And for me, like walking into that room, I couldn't sit there. For the first time selling men's underwear, I couldn't pretend like I know more than my buyer, who A, is a man, and B, has been selling men's underwear for the past 10 years. Like I can't fake that. You don't wanna fake that until you make that. You wanna walk into that room and say, this is my first time selling men's underwear. I've done my research, here's what I've learned. I understand that this product has a unique point of view in these five places and I'm gonna run with that. And I'm gonna own that that is my limited knowledge. And one way that I was able to sell, guys, thousands of products that I had never used myself, that I still to this day have never used, and that I couldn't be less authentic. I am so inauthentic when it comes to hunting apparel and baseball cleats. It's not even funny. But here's what I did know. I'm not going to fake being authentic in those spaces, But I know that I am super authentic and I am an expert in building relationships and rapport with clients. I know that I am super good at customer service. So where I can't provide you the expertise and product knowledge, and there's a lot of I'm going to write that down and get back to you in my presentations. You also are going to build such a high level of trust in me that you know I'm going to get you that answer within 24 hours. You trust that I'm going to make up for what I don't know with what I do. So own what you do know. It is okay to be a beginner. It's okay to not know things and not be perfect. But you've got to really lean into your strengths because people will forget what you don't know because they are so enamored by what you are good at. I'm honest to God, that is the only way I was successful in sales. At the end, like I said, I was selling the entire product line from the most expensive things that Under Armour makes to the cheapest things across the board for every man, woman, child, pet, everything. I've sold everything that Under Armour makes and I use as a as an individual probably 10% of that line. But the only reason I was able to sell it is because I never pretended like I knew everything. I knew what I knew. I faked it a little bit, but never to the point to where I wasn't willing to admit what I didn't know. But I always led with what I did because that is what they will remember. And I think the end of the day, what what fighting imposter syndrome is really about, is about self-belief. And you have to start investing in the belief that you are capable of extraordinary work, because I know that I would never know the most about selling footwear or merchandising apparel outfits for mannequins. I know I can tell you now I will never be the best trainer in the world, or at least maybe not the most knowledgeable trainer in the world. I'm not going to be the most eloquent public speaker because like, guys, I don't think I'm ever going to be the best at anything. Like, I don't spend my time trying to be the best at anything. And honestly, this is probably why I (laughs) never was going to make it as a professional athlete, because like being the best is just not on my calling card. I'm not trying to be the best, but like, I'm going to be like, really honest with you, all I focus on is my ability to get better. Because even though your girl may never, I can study my ass off about anatomy and the body, and I can do a thousand and a half workouts and still have so much to learn as a fitness trainer trainer. So I cannot hang my hat on, I'm gonna be a failure unless I'm the best. Because there's always gonna be someone who knows more. There's always gonna be someone that knows more in your industry, in your job. But I will be damned if I don't believe in my ability to get better to learn to adapt to improve because here's the thing when you believe in your ability to improve you can do anything in this world anything that is worth working for is going to require hard work and is going to require you to refine a skill set so even though your life today isn't necessarily what your life looked like 20 years ago and isn't what your life is going to look like in 20 years you will always have to work towards something sorry sorry to say and you will always have to refine a skill set so instead of spending so much energy focusing on feeling like an imposter because you're not an expert if you take that energy and instead of that self-belief being driven by oh i've done all of these things look at all these accolades show me let me show you how i'm an expert in this field take all of that and put it into your ability, to, in into your ability to improve yourself. And one of my favorite, um, I don't say it's my favorite book because the book is actually pretty dry. But it's um, a lot of my favorite books all quote this same book. It's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Dweck is D W E C K. Um, it's called Mindset, and it's about the growth versus fixed mindset. And a fixed mindset is when someone believes that. Your ability or people's abilities and capabilities are limited. Uh, Things like natural talent. They believe that that person's just good at that. Or she just was born with that, right? Growth mindset is where you think that people can always improve and always grow on things. That's where you've got to shift your mindset. And it's a fascinating um, topic. If you Google growth versus fixed mindset mindset. Carol Dweck, like I said, even if you don't read her book, there are still some fascinating um, articles about the about the topic, this concept that you can always improve once that you really let that marinate in your head, like uh, all of the doors open, none of the doors will ever be closed when you realize that you can always improve afraid that you're not good enough to do your job or you're not as good as the experts in your field obsess over learning on how to get better because that will always apply no matter what whether you are 6 or 60 there is always something that you need to be getting better at so if you just get good at getting better at things suddenly being an imposter goes away because you realize you're always on this path of improvement. Self-improvement will never go out of style, ever. And I'm not talking about looking at the mirror and and focusing on things that need to change or beating yourself up about not being perfect. I'm talking about taking the moments of doubt and failure and turning them into inflection points you've got to look back in your life and you've got to find those moments where you failed, but you have to realize that like, you were walking down one path and then you failed. And then instead of continuing to walk down the path, you picked up a shovel and said, F it, I'm going to, I'm going to start building my path over here to the left. And then you built that path yourself and, and you had to pick up those rocks and you had to pull out those weeds, but that was the process of getting better. That's that process, picking up the weeds and moving the rocks and building a new path is what you have to get good at because that will come up in every single job, in every single relationship, in your own journey to happiness and joy. Self-improvement never goes out of style. Whatever you do for a job, It may be the job, it may be a trend, a moment, you might be doing it for the next 40 years, but I can promise whatever your situation is, self-improvement applies. So get good at that. Beating imposter syndrome is about realizing that you will never be an imposter if you allow yourself to be a beginner and know that the only thing that you're an expert in, and the only thing you probably ever be the best expert in, unless like some rocket scientist from NASA is listening, (laughs) is that you're an expert about you. You know what you can do and what you can't, and you gotta become an expert in you, in learning how to refine your skill sets. whether that is learning a new language, whether that's taking on a new workout, or taking on a new job. Build your toolkit around your self-belief muscles, around your self-confident muscles. Not because that's gonna allow you to fake it. It's because it's gonna allow you to be real. And that's what humans respond to. Look, it's not easy. Self-teaching isn't something that comes natural. Honestly, it's something we don't teach nearly enough. But hopefully that's why I'm here. I wanna help you believe In yourself a little bit more every single day and I think one of the best ways to do that is realize you don't have to be who you're not just because you're on the journey to be a little bit better to be stronger you don't have to compare yourself to where you what the person that you should be a year from now you are allowed to be who you are in this exact moment and own it and lead with your strengths I am here to remind you that imposter syndrome forces you to believe you should be someone who you aren't. And that's not saying that you aren't ever going to become that person. But instead of beating yourself up for who you aren't, love yourself for who you are right now. I think that's a good sentiment to end on, folks. Truly. Like, that's what it comes down to is is recognizing what you are amazing at and look I don't know every single one of you on a personal level I wish I could but I don't but I can promise you that there's something in your life that you are amazing at and the same way that I didn't know jack shit about children's footwear still I'm pretty sure I'm trying to think have I ever put infant shoes (laughs) Have I ever put a shoe on an infant? I don't think I have. I'm pretty sure I haven't. But your girl has sold tens of hundreds of thousands of infant shoes in her life. (laughs) Because I led with what I knew. I led with customer service. I never pretended like, oh yeah, I've got kids. I know what I'm doing. Live your truth. Find what you are amazing at and own it and do not feel obligated to fake and to fill in the gaps with everything else. You are amazing. Lean into that, please. And I love you. I think you guys should add and every single episode just with and I love you. thank you so much for listening. Um, please rate, like, subscribe, and share the podcast if you're enjoying it. And then please, 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 more important than anything else, go have a filter-free Friday.